In today's text, we're in Galatians. That's interesting. Um, Today's text, we're in Galatians. It doesn't talk about plants. That would be cool, though. Um, But we're in Galatians, and where we are is in chapter 2, and Paul is in the midst of writing his side of an argument against the disciple Peter. Paul is not happy. Um, Peter and some of the other Jewish believers had stopped eating at the same table as the Gentile believers because they had decided that Gentiles had to become Jews before they could call themselves a follower of Jesus. And so the fact that Peter and some other Jewish Christians were not eating at the same table, which in that day was to claim someone, it upset Paul. And so today we're picking up in Paul's argument in Galatians 2, 15 through 21, and this is the amplified version, which is a little different. And it reads, I went on to say, We are Jews by birth and not sinners from among the Gentiles. Yet we know that a man is not justified and placed in right standing with God by works of the law, but only through faith in God's beloved Son, Christ Jesus. And even we as Jews have believed in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. By observing the law, no one will ever be justified, declared free of the guilt of sin and its penalty. But if, while we seek to be justified in Christ by faith, we ourselves are found to be sinners, does that make Christ an advocate or promoter of our sin? Certainly not. For if I or anyone else should rebuild through word or by practice what I once tore down, the belief that observing the law is essential for salvation, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law and its demands on me because salvation is provided through the death and resurrection of Christ so that I might from now on live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. That is, in him I have shared his crucifixion It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. I do not ignore or nullify the gracious gift of the grace of God, his amazing unmerited favor, For if righteousness comes through observing the law, then Christ died needlessly. His suffering and death would have had no purpose whatsoever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of Paul's arguments in Galatians is that we should not make any person a second-class believer 
or citizen in the body of Christ. But why did Peter and some of the other Jewish believers feel that this was necessary in the first place? It's because there was this old Jewish law, actually a few of them, that told Jews not to have anything to do with Gentiles. They were unclean. They were unworthy. That's why it was a scandal when Jesus ate with Gentiles. And when Jesus went into the homes of Gentiles. The weird thing is, even though Jesus didn't obey those laws, some of the believers... We're holding them up as a way to keep the Gentiles from being like them. With their words and their actions, they were telling the Gentile believers that they were second class. That they had to do more than just believe that Jesus is Lord. I think we can understand why Paul was mad. For Paul, this was the opposite of the gospel Jesus came to proclaim. And he, he was afraid that people were getting lost in the law. The law being the law scattered throughout the Jewish holy books. He was scared that believers in Christ were still trying to find forgiveness in a law. That believers were still trying to find their worthiness in a law. Paul wrote, none of us can follow the law perfectly. We're all going to screw up. We know that. It's end of story. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus died on a cross. When judgment day comes, we will be found innocent by the blood of Christ, not by a law. Laws don't make us worthy. But that can sound strange for me to say because in the church we talk a lot about laws, don't we? We talk about the Ten Commandments, the Golden Rule. And Paul isn't doing away with the laws. But Paul is saying that no law will make us worthy of this gift. No law will bring us forgiveness And no law can steal another person's justification. That's the word Paul likes to use, justification, justified. And that's a big fancy word, just meaning God's forgiveness and grace that Christ offered to all people on the cross. But what Paul saw happening when, when Peter and some of the other Jewish believers stopped eating at the same table, 
as Gentile believers, when they started separating themselves, he saw people trying to exclude others from God's family. And, and Paul wrote about who he knows Jesus to be. He wrote about the fact that Jesus, he didn't tell Gentiles to be a Jew before he would eat with them, before he would talk to them, before he would give them the time of day. Jesus called them by name. Jesus called them just as he called Jewish people. And he said, come follow me. But somewhere along the way, Peter and some of the other disciples had decided that Gentiles had to do more. Because in this world, we're really good about categorizing people, aren't we? We put groups of people together and we give them labels. We give them requirements. This group has to do this to be accepted. This group has to stop doing this to be accepted. But beyond that, what was happening was that Peter and some of the other believers were saying... You, you can't receive this gift. You cannot call Jesus Lord until you do these things. And Paul wrote, what Jesus did on the cross, it changed everything. Because now all of us are able to encounter God on equal footing. We... We just have to come to God. But still, for some reason, Peter and some of the believers, they wanted to put the Gentiles in the balcony. They wanted to keep them outside the door. And throughout the history of the church, we know the truth that the church has time and time again failed to be faithful. We have tried to keep people away from God at times. We've chosen a law to uphold over others. We've chosen a sin to pick out. We've chosen a way that someone is different from us. But but that's not who we're called to be. When we become a believer, when we know that Jesus is Lord, he takes away our sin, he makes us clean. But it's because of this that we are able to say as Christ, as Paul wrote of Christ, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. To be a believer is bigger than laws. To know Jesus is Lord is bigger than laws. It is to know the unmerited favor and grace found in Christ. And when Jesus lives in us, it changes everything. Because 
Jesus living in us, it changes how we view the law. It changes how we view and interact with God because now we know the love of God. We know God's desire for us. And Christ living in us, it changes how we view and treat other people. Christ living in us, being a believer, means that we are called and we are challenged to have a life of grace, a life defined by grace, which is one of the hardest things to have in this world. But to have a life of grace is to view people as Jesus viewed them as broken and sinful, but as loved and as worthy of knowing the truth and good news of who Jesus Christ is for them. Not when they get to a certain place in their lives, but right now. Having a life of grace when Jesus lives in us, It means that we always have to think, are we making anyone into a Gentile? Are we trying to give someone else hoops to jump through before we are willing to call them a child of the living God? Having a life of grace isn't easy at all. Faith isn't meant to be easy. But all of us can go home from church and we can forget about this. And we can continue to eat at separate tables. We can continue to try and keep God's grace for ourselves. Or we can allow our faith to challenge us. This summer, we're talking about how our faith can stand. If we want a faith that can withstand anything, we have to allow our faith to challenge us. We have to allow the fact that being a believer means that Jesus lives in us. And that should challenge us to live a life of grace so that others can see in and through our lives. That God's grace is for them too. That Jesus came for them too. But it takes us being willing to be challenged. It takes us being willing to have that life of grace. So that others may know. So that we may be reminded how great God's love and grace is. Let us pray. Oh Lord, sometimes you don't make it easy. In fact, sometimes you really like to throw us off. You like to challenge us. Lord, help us to be challenged. Help us to want to be challenged.
by you, by what it means to be a child of the living God, by what it means to be someone who knows that Jesus is Lord. Help us to have lives of grace so others may know you more. We love you, Lord. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.